Well, we want to say happy Mother's Day to all the mothers out there. Wave at me if you're a mother. Wave at me if you're soon to be a mother. Wave at me if you have a desire to be a mother. We're thankful that you're here, and we think that mothers are great. We're going to try and show you just how we feel about moms. If you would, roll that clip. save her family and prevent disaster. Mom, we're going to be late for school. I don't think so. Whoa. Experience the phenomenon that critics are calling inspiring. Mom, I can't find number 17. Come on, Billy. Dig deep. A lot of fun. Your genius. Mom, where's my phone? Table. Keys. Mudroom. Dragon Man. Under the couch between the monkey and the flip-flop. How does she do that? Created by God to demonstrate his love with grace, elegance, and poise. God bless all the mothers today. Super mom. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to the book of Ruth. And as you're going there, let me tell you a little bit about next week's service. Philip Cameron isn't just coming to speak. Philip Cameron is a missionary uh, to a somebody help me out. It's by Romania. Moldova, Moldova. Uh, I knew it was right there on the tip of my tongue, Moldova. And he has the orphan's hands. When I did missionary work in Russia, uh, young, you would see young children on the street, and they were living in the sewer system, uh, especially during the wintertime because that was the only place that it was warm enough for them to stay. They would go down there, and they were struggling to survive. They, what happens is in... Uh, Russia, Europe, when you reach a certain age, I think it's about 15 years old, they turn you out of the orphanage. They, and specifically in Moldova, they give you a ticket back to your town of birth, but there's a sex slave that's going on. So if there's a pretty girl that comes through there, they call an individual and say, I've given a ticket to this girl. She's going to be showing up in this town on such and such bus at such and such time. They go in there and then they offer her a job and she doesn't realize that her whole world is about to be shattered. So what Philip Cameron does is he's created houses that house these girls and give them a chance in life. They teach them the Word of God. They train them. 
and these girls grow up. Many of them end up continuing on in the ministry trying to rescue rescue others just like they themselves were rescued. So you want to make sure that you're here next week for that. It'll be a, uh, a very, very special service. I want to talk to you uh, today about moms. This is the title of my message. It's, she's a special kind of mom because he's a special kind of God. Would you say that with me? She's a special kind of mom because he's a special kind of God. I, I thought about it at the very beginning when God created Adam and, and then God is looking at what he's created and he said everything that he created was good. How many of you know when you have something good, it can only get better? You know what I'm talking about? And so God looks at what he's created. He said it's good, but when he looked at man, this is what he said. It's not good for man to be alone. He didn't say that what he'd created wasn't good. He said it's not good that man be alone. I want you to understand something about God. Is that God has, God's character, his attributes, we're created in his image, in his likeness. So what he does is he infuses us with part of who he is. The man was infused with part of who God was. But when he looked at man and he said, it's not good that man be alone, God created woman and he infused woman with characters that he has that man did not have. Is everybody with me so far? Let me give you an example. You fall down, you scrape your knee. You run to daddy. Dad, I scraped my knee. Dad picks you up and he says, oh, come here, son, let me get some methylate. <laughs> Anybody in the house? I was riding my bike down a hill that was, the hill was bigger than I was and the bike was bigger than I was. And I lost my balance. And I don't know if you've ever gone down a gravel hill wide open on a bike it's not fun. I got to the end and I was either going to turn or go into the Fox River. I turned the bike and when I turned the bike, you ever see an evil Knievel slide? I mean, I ripped my, I ripped my jeans all up. I, I ripped my knee up. I mean, it looked like hamburger meat. And I, I went back to the house and my friend kept trying to tell me that I need to go, you know, show my dad. And I said, man, I ain't showing my dad nothing. I was, you know, I was, I was limping around. Well, he went and told his mom, and his mom brought me over there, and his mother was, was Polish. I mean, you know, full-blooded Polish. She came from Poland. And so, you know, she knew English, but her native language was Poland, so she struggled a little bit. When she saw my knee, she kicked him to some Polish. And I know she wasn't telling me what a good boy I was. And, and she looked at me, and she said, she said, you go home right now and before I cuss on you. I'm just telling you that's what happened. And so she, it, it, she saw that knee and, she, and I told Greg, we went in and I told Greg, because I went in the bathroom, you know, and I'm, I, I got, you ever pull a pant leg jeans up? You know what that's like to pull jeans up? It's hard. It takes a while to get them up and it takes a while to get them down. I pulled my pant legs up and I told Greg, I said, if you tell my dad, I'll kill you. And so Greg's in the living room, I'm in the bathroom, and I hear Greg 
whisper to my dad, Rick has hurt his knee. Man, we had one of those latches. You know what I'm talking about that's on the door? I reached up to latch that door, and I was just a little too late. Dad opened that door up, and there I am with that pant leg up to here. That knee exposed. My dad looked at me, and he said, sit down on that bathtub. We had one of those old bathtubs. I sat down on the side of it. He got a pan, put it under my leg, and got some methylate. You can imagine how I felt. You're, you're oohing and on, and it didn't even touch you, man. He opened that bottle of methylate and poured it over that knee, and I thought I'd been caught up into a third heaven there for a few moments, man. I was, ah, that's dad. You scraped your knee and you go to mom, and mom, oh, poor baby. Come here. And she gets out back teen. You ought to shout Hallelujah. I don't know who created that stuff, but thank God. I, I don't know if there's a place for the guy that made methylate or not in heaven. But back teen, you can squirt that on your knee and it doesn't, you know, send you into orbit. And, and that's, that's because moms are always thinking about how you feel. She's a special kind of mom because he's a special kind of God. And so God wanted us to understand his love for us. So he gave us a mother and a father. We need some special kind of moms in this day and time. In an hour where it has gotten so twisted that they're trying to pass laws that allow minors to get gender reassignment, we need some special kind of moms. Who does that? Who does something like that? I'm telling you, that is satanic, man. That is just up out of the pit of hell. To take a five-year-old and try and reassign their gender, you don't even let them choose what they're going to put on in the morning. Somebody say he's a special kind of God. You need to understand something about moms, and it came from God. Mama knock you down before she lets you touch your baby. You know what I'm talking about? You ever, you, you know, th there's a good reason that that scripture talks about that it's like a she-bear robbed of her cubs. She gonna tear you up. I've heard of mothers picking up cars. Literally, I'm, now this isn't make-believe, that have literally picked up cars to get them off of their children. Grabbed hold of a bumper of a car and hollered at somebody and said, drag him out and lifted it up. That's a special kind of mom because love can only come from God. God is love. And she's a special kind of mom because he's a special kind of God. How many of you moms ever found yourself someplace you didn't want to be? I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm trying to discern whether or not I ought to say this. How many of you moms have ever disagreed with your husband? Oh, you're a lot more eager to wave that hand up than I thought you'd be. <laughs> so there's a man in Scripture, his name is Elimelech. Elimelech lives in Bethlehem, Judah. There's a famine in the land. Everybody say a famine in the land. So he comes up with a bright idea 
to move his family from a land that God promised them to a land called Moab. Everybody say Moab. You say, well, what's the big deal about that? Moab doesn't worship Jehovah. Moab worships Moloch. Do you understand what they did in worship to Moloch? They offered children as sacrifices, would put their children and, and, and take their lives and lay them on an altar. When I was in Trinidad back years ago, I was in Trinidad and the, the newspaper had a front page story that they had arrested two parents on that island because they found their children buried in the backyard. They had offered them up to a God of prosperity. We need to be careful how we're sacrificing our children. When you allow children to make choices of their own that they're not capable of making yet, that's not a special kind of mom. You understand what I'm talking about? You, if you love your kids, you want the best for them, right? You just don't give in to every whim. You don't give in to everything that happens. I know all the kids are going, man, I can't believe you're preaching this today. <laughs> Look, you wouldn't want them to. You realize how big of a mess you can get yourself in? I mean, my granddaughter the other day, she said, come on, Papa, let's go to town. So I got in the car and I said, she wanted to get in the car. So I opened the car door and she crawled in the car door and she said, let's, let's go to town. Vivian, she's three years old. She said, let's go to town. I said, okay, I got in and I, no, Papa, let's move. <laughs> so I had, I had to put it in gear and back up and then pull forward. She wanted to drive. She would have jumped up. She, she would have jumped up in the front seat if I'd let her and taken that wheel because that girl can do anything. She's three going on 30. I'm, I'm telling you, she can, she, she can do anything. She said, <laughs> what did she, what did, she told her parents the other day. She said, all, all the power went off in the house and they had a little nightlight for her. And, and when that power went off, all of a sudden they heard her yell, hey guys, I can't see my face. <laughs> she, I mean, she knows what she wants and, 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 and she wants, but you don't take, I am happy to give my children the keys to the car so they can go to town, but not when they're three years old. They're not ready for it. God knows when you're ready. Isn't it something how mama always seems to know? She's got that intuitiveness about her that she knows when you've done something wrong. All right, what'd you do? She knows it. She gets that from God. God knows everything about you. He knows that. Now, he takes his wife, Elimelech takes his wife and his two sons and goes to a land of Moab. Why did he go there? It was selfish reasons. He went there because he didn't feel like there was enough bread where he was at. Everybody say the grass wasn't green enough. So he decides to leave. But you don't read about an exodus anywhere else. You don't read about anybody else leaving at that time. But it's kind of like Lot when he looked out over the plains of Sodom and Gomorrah and saw that they were well watered. 
he instantly made a decision that would end up costing him dearly because he wasn't considering God in his decision-making. Isn't it odd that Lot did that and that Elimelech winds up in Moab? You do understand where Moab came from, right? The whole country came from a descendant of Lot that was birthed out of an illegitimate relationship that took place because of where he was at, and then it caused him to be someplace he didn't want to be. So you, he's in a place now. He doesn't plan to stay there. I mean, how many of you... Yeah, he's just going to go to Moab, get everything he can from Moab without giving Moab anything, right? How many of us have felt that way about the world? Well, I'm just going to go, I'm, I'm not, I'm in the world, but I'm not of the world. So I'm going to step in there for a minute, get everything I can out of it and not give it anything in return and leave. Never quite works out that way, does it? So you shouldn't make the journey to begin with. Everybody say, Contentment can be great gain with God. Do you ever find yourself a little impatient for God to do something for you? I mean, it's not like God had forgotten them. They were just going through some tough times. Did any of you ever go through tough times? Wave your hand at me. Did any of, any of you ever go through tough times before you started living for God? Any of you ever go through tough times after you started living for God? Well, then why would you walk away from God? You're in the same mess before you came to know him. What are you talking about? I'm saying it just happens. You don't get through life without tough times. What you choose to do in those tough times is going to determine your outcome. And so he makes the wrong decision. He, he's, he's got this knee-jerk response, and he just takes off, and he leaves because he's impatient. Everybody say patience. How many of you are patient? How many of you get impatient? You know who's impatient? You can always tell when they're at McDonald's in the drive-thru. Seriously, you get to McDonald's in the drive-thru and all of a sudden they say, could you pull around to spot number one? It's going to take us just a minute. Do what? Pull around to spot number one. Are you kidding me, man? I came through here because this is a drive-thru. I want my... Pull around to spot number one. Pull around there and you're sitting there waiting with can't believe I'm sitting here in spot number one. They, three minutes later, your food comes out. Well, it's about time. It's about time you brought it out here. Impatience. You know what I noticed? And even in myself. That sometimes we can tend to be more patient with strangers than we are with our own family. You didn't have to. <laughs> She's just been... She did the same thing in the last service. <laughs> Sometimes what happens is we, and, and, and I prayed, I said, God, help me not to do that. Let me, you know, because it, if we're going to be a reflection of who he is, then we need to act like he does to everyone. Somebody say everyone. You ever see some folks that got their, you know, they're peeps. Can I borrow you a second? Yeah, come on up here. Ray, come on up here. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> These are my peeps. Kevin, come on up here. Come on over here, man. You ain't one. <laughs> Seriously. Have you ever seen that? You ever felt that way? You ever been in a crowd where all of a sudden you felt like you was being pushed out? Doesn't that make you feel? You are a peep, buddy. <laughs> you, you ever feel like you're being pushed out? And I'm telling you, God doesn't want that from us. He wants us to love everyone. And mamas have got a way of loving everybody. How many of you know that? If you don't know that, you knew that after Debbie got here. She's going to hug you whether you want to be hugged or not. She coming after you because there's, a, there's just that inside of mama. But you understand that's a part of the attribute of God. What do guys do? Run up here, Rick. What do guys do when we see each other? Hey, bless you, man. How's it going? Now get your hands off of me. You know what I'm talking about? It's like we get this thing in our head. That you, you go to Russia with me sometime, man. Those guys were kissing each other over there. Now, I hug your neck, but I ain't kissing your face. I'm telling you that there's something that God tries to get to us. So all of a sudden, because of Elimelech's decision, he finds himself in a place he never should have been, and he never gets the opportunity to return. You ever been there before? You went someplace, and you ended up there longer than you wanted to stay, and it took you further than you wanted to go. He dies. It's left his wife and his sons. Those boys marry two girls, and mama does what she always does. Naomi's lost her husband. But when those boys marry and bring those girls into the house, she loves them. She wraps herself around them. She begins to pour into them, and she had something to pour into them. You see, Moab may have taken her husband, and Moab may take her sons, but Moab can never take her God away from her. He makes a statement in Hebrews 13 and 5, for God has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Do you understand that he is going to be with us to the ends of the earth as long as we don't leave him? He's a special kind of God. That's what makes her a special kind of mom. And so she wraps those girls up and loves on them, and then her boys die. When her boys die, she hears that God's visited Judah with bread, and she says, I'm going home. How many of you have ever felt like it was time to go home? You know what I'm talking about? It's like, you ever been on a trip someplace? For, I, I, I was doing mission work years ago, and I, the longest time I'd ever been in Russia for one stint was I was there for three weeks, 21 days. And I'm telling you, I said, I ain't never doing this again. <laughs> it was just the way that I, I, I did short-term mission trips and took hundreds of people into those countries. But we usually did it, you know, seven days or sometimes 10 days at a time. But this time it was 21 days and I had different groups that I was meeting. And I was so hungry for home. 
and home was hungry for me. When I got home, you know what I found? I found a great big sign out in our front yard. Ribbons all over the place, great big sign in the front yard that said, Welcome home. You see, God never wants you to walk away from what he's promised you. He never wants you to leave just because things get tough. He wants you to hang in there. Because if you hang in there, it shows him two things. It shows your trust, and it shows him that you've got faith to know that it may be tough now, but you still believe he is able, and he is going to come to your rescue. And he did. Welcome home. Naomi hears that bread has visited Judah, and so she takes her stuff, and she picks up her daughters, her daughter-in-laws, and she takes off for home. But something had happened to Naomi while she was in Moab. Anybody ever get discouraged before? She's got these girls following her, and she just starts thinking. She says, you know what? Man, I, I buried my husband here. I buried my sons here. There's something wrong with me. Look at all this that's happened to me. I, I got nothing to give these girls. And she tells them as much. She tells them in Ruth 1 and 8, it says, but on the way Naomi said to her two daughter-in-laws, go back to your mother's homes and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. What's she saying? She's saying, look, you... You've been good to my boys, and you've been good to me. But you need to go back home. Go, go back to your mother's house, because I've got nothing to give you. I'm empty. Look at me. Said, it grieves me that the Almighty's, you know, lifted his hand against me for your sake, that she thinks that God doesn't care for her anymore. She has misinterpreted what happened to her as that God doesn't care. Do you understand what happened to her wasn't God's fault? What happened to her was a choice that was made by her husband. Don't start blaming God for bad choices. Just correct the choices and let God show himself real to you again. All of a sudden, man, she's just, she's gotten into this thinking, and I've seen it happen to people. My goodness, man, I've even had it happen to me, where all of a sudden stuff starts going wrong. I remember the first mission trip I ever started to go on, and there's a car wreck, and people wind up in the hospital, and I'm sitting there shaking my head saying, God, am I even supposed to be doing this? I don't even think I'm supposed to be here. And the devil had me questioning uh, who God had called me to be, uh, but all of a sudden I felt the power of God surge up within me, uh, and he said, boy, you can fall apart here, or you can believe me for a miracle, uh, and you need a miracle and my friend that's exactly what we got you need to understand that there's a God that doesn't forsake you that doesn't walk away from you that does not leave you in the shape you're in he comes to your rescue when you come home he, she's sending them away feeling like man I can't do anything for you he said I'm too old to get married 
I got married today and had kids, you going to wait for them? You're going to wait for those boys to be old enough to become your husbands? You can't do that. Go on home. Go back to your mother's house. Go, go back to your God's. See, what Naomi didn't realize is Naomi had given those girls something that even their own mother had not been able to give them. And that was faith in a living God. Somebody say she's a special kind of mom because he's a special kind of God. For 10 years, those girls had stayed with her, and she had poured into them and told them about a God that rolled back the Red Sea, that had spoiled and defeated the greatest nation on earth. She spoke to them of his power and his ability and his love. But now when she's in a point where she's struggling with her faith, you understand that scripture says, cast your bread upon the water because after many days it will return to you. You need to understand that when you sow faith into somebody's life, when you find yourself struggling, that faith is going to come back to your own life. The very people you poured into may be the ones that pour into you. He's a special kind of God. You remember Paul and Barnabas? They get in a tiff over Mark. And it's so bad, man, that they, I mean, they said, Paul says, he ain't coming with us, man. He cut and run. He's not coming. That's the Apostle Paul I'm talking about. <laughs> That's not, <laughs> you know, a gang down on the street. That's Paul. Get him out of my face. I don't want him around here. And it got so contentious between them that they separated. They both continued to live for God and they both continued to love each other, but they couldn't work together anymore. Well, Paul knew best, right? He's the If you read his writings later, you find Paul writing saying, send Mark to me because he's profitable for me. You see, Barnabas refused to give up on Mark just because he'd had a tough time in his life. Paul was one of those snap two guys. Pull yourself up by the bootstraps. If you would, Paul represents the dad and Barnabas represents the mom in that situation. Barnabas is the son of consolation. He's the one that's saying, it's going to be okay, buddy. It's, it's a special kind of God. Naomi feels like, I got nothing to offer. But she had already given Ruth something, and she didn't even realize it. Watch what happens. Look at what she had imparted to Ruth here. This is Ruth 1, 14 to 17. And again, they wept together, and Orpah, this is after Naomi has told him, go back to your mother's house. Orpah kissed her mother-in-law goodbye. But Ruth clung tightly to Naomi. Look, Naomi said to her, your sister-in-law has gone back to her people and to her gods. You should do the same. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Where you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. What happened? 
that girl had gotten hold of something that Naomi had been imparting to her for years. And now Naomi's in a weak place in her faith. And Ruth is saying, hang it on to her. Run up here real quick, Ruth. Hold on. Come on. Yeah, this Ruth. This Ruth. She, Naomi's got herself wrapped around her, around Ruth and saying, I'm not leaving you. I'm not, I'm not, don't, I'm begging you, don't send me back. What's she saying? She's saying, look, you told me about this God of yours, and now you're telling me to go back to Moloch? I don't think so. Our, your God is my God. I made up my mind that I would rather die where God lives than to be where, than to live where he's not. She'd given her something, and she didn't even realize it. Sometimes you don't understand the impact you're having. Let me just tell you this. Every woman that gave birth to a baby isn't a mom. And every mom didn't give birth to a baby. There's some of you that God has just poured himself into so you can pour yourself into others. And it crosses gender lines. You get that, dads? Do you understand that he became, when we came to him, he became my mother, my brother, my sister, and my father. He's all wrapped up in that. And what he wants us to do is to be able to impart part of who he is to other people. Daryl, have you ever had something that tasted so good you wanted to share it with somebody? Did you ever have something that tasted so good you didn't want anybody to have it? No. He shook his head, no. Right? Only stingy people do that. And that's not God. That's not God. You ever have, I've had some stingy friends. Come up, man, they have an ice cream cone. Never offered me a lick. And don't try and use the virus to get out of it either. It's, you know, just, just all of a sudden, you know, well, I remember when we used to drink out of the same bottle of pop. Friend, you, you have to understand something about God. He doesn't withhold any good thing from us. He wants us to experience every good thing, every good and perfect gift cometh from above, from the Father of lights. She's a special kind of mom because he's a special kind of God. Do you ever have a slumber party at your house? Anybody? Where was mom at? Huh? Special kind of mom. I had, I had a slumber party at my house one time with one guy. I made up my mind he ain't never coming back to my house again. I thought he was going to get me beat to death, man. My dad was in the bedroom, and it's, I better not say his name. He's probably still living <laughs> This, this kid was bouncing off the walls. He's jumping all over the furniture. And I thought, man, you must have some special kind of parents. <laughs> he takes a Dorito bag. I got some Doritos for him. He takes a Dorito bag, and instead of opening it the right way, he goes, and the whole bottom blew out of the bag, and it went all over the carpet. And I'm thinking, great, man. My dad, I heard my dad, you boys settle down in there. And Tom didn't know my dad. That was the same as saying, if you want to live to see tomorrow, 
So I knew, I, and, and it was just, but moms, moms are different than dads are at slumber parties. Are they not? How many of you moms, when you had the slumber party, you got right in there and slumbered with them? You know what I'm talking about? You put, okay, t- all right, children, this is your moment. I want you to raise your hand if your mother's ever slumbered with you. Hold your hand up. Okay, there's some hands. There's some hands going up. There's hands all over the house. There are some mamas that don't care what everybody thinks. They just want to make sure that you're having a good time. Unless you cross the line. And it's amazing to me how a mama can go from being your slumber party buddy to becoming your worst nightmare. It's like, oh, yeah, girls. That's, and then so let somebody say something that they shouldn't say. What'd you say? Go get me that soap out of the bathroom. We don't say that here at our house. Did you ever notice that about God? That nobody ever loved you the way God loved you. Nobody's ever cared for you the way that God cares for you. But you start getting off the mark with God. I'm talking about you start going in the wrong direction. And not only is he a friend that sticks closer than a brother, but he's the God that loves his children so much that he chastens them many times. Any of you ever been in trouble with God before? Wave your hand. Honestly, several of you aren't truthful. <laughs> Let's try that one more time. Anybody ever been in trouble with God before? We, we've all been there. The Bible said we're all sinners, right? For everyone is sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all been in trouble with God. But what I love about God is God doesn't cast us out. He doesn't beat us down. He reaches out, wraps his arms around us and says, come here and let me show you a life you never dreamed of. I'm going to give you a hope that was beyond your wildest imagination. And I know you feel like you can't. And I know you feel like you're not able. And I know the devil's tried to make you believe that I don't care about you and I don't love you and that everything's going wrong. But I'm getting ready to yank you up and hold you in my arms and let you know that nobody ever loved you the way I love you. That feels good, doesn't it? My mom passed in 2008, so I can't go give her her flowers now. Well, I, I, we put them on the grave every year. My dad passed in 1976 and I can't go to him now but there's a part of them that are still in me because he's a special kind of God you don't lose people he's just keeping them for you She didn't lose her faith. She just needed to be reminded of it. And so what happens? Ruth reminds her. Your God is my God. There's nothing back there I want. 
I'm going where you are no matter how rough the struggle is. I'm going where you're at. She, do you, do you remember what happens? She goes in, she, she, she finally tells Naomi, she said, I'm going to go glean in a field someplace. She said, go ahead. And God's got a way of taking you in your darkest moment and turning it around in one moment of time. She finds herself in the field of Boaz, which was a wealthy man. It turned out that she's related to Naomi so she can redeem, which, or he can redeem, which means that he can marry Naomi. I mean, marry Ruth. Boaz sees Ruth in the field, and he said, who is that? And they said, that's Ruth the Moabitess. And he went over there, and he started treating her real nice and gave her some water, said, anytime you're thirsty, hon, you just go up there and drink. I've told the guys that they touch you, they answer to me. He said, you, the, the, everything, you, you just stay in this field. Don't go into the field of another. Just stay here. You need to understand that God doesn't just love you. He's jealous over you. He doesn't want you in anybody else's field. And what's God do? God sets it up. Long story short, Ruth marries Boaz, becomes the great, great grandmother of David. Somebody say, that's my kind of God. Would you stand with me today? God has a commission for your life. You have a job to do, an assignment. You remember Mission Impossible? They used to, on television, they should, this is your assignment should you choose to take it. And then they would start telling what it was. Well, I'm telling you today, this is your assignment if you should choose to take it. And that's to reflect who he is to the world. I want you to hear me today, moms. If your kids are grown and away from home, that doesn't mean you stop being a mom. And listen to me, if, if, if you never had children, but you, you just have that nurturing nature, that's a special kind of mom. And you've got that because God is like that. He loves you and he cares about you and he wants the best for you. So go ahead. Seek someone out. Tell them how much God loves them. Do what Naomi did and change a life forever. Cause someone to want to leave what they've known and embrace a life they've never seen before. It's not just for mama, it's for papa. And it's for brother and it's for sister. He's just looking for someone that'll say, here I am, use me. Would you pray this prayer with me today? Father, we come to you today asking you to use us. Lord, sometimes I feel like I've just got it all wrong. But I know that you never walk away from me and I know that you love me. And I know that you have a purpose for me. So I'm asking you today to help me fulfill my purpose. Help me be that special kind of someone to the individual that needs you most. I guess what I'm asking today, God, is that you would let me be a conduit that you could flow through. 
God, help me to love others the way that you've loved me. Help me to show them the truth the way that you've shown me the truth. I stand before you today asking you, use me, God, to bring somebody home. I give you praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Before you leave today, would you take somebody by the hand? Right now, just take them by the hand. I know it's Mother's Day, so I'm not going to hold you long. Take somebody by the hand. And I want you to say this. If, if, if you can bump elbows if you're more comfortable bumping elbows. But I want, you, I want you to say this to them. I want you to know something. You'll have to say this twice, okay? You a special kind of person. Because he's a special kind of God. Come on, let's give him a hand clap of praise. We love you. God bless you. We'll see you next week. With the gifts for the mothers in the lobby, don't forget.